This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Uh, but the point being is that what's being said here is that there are malevolent uh, spiritual beings, negative spiritual entities, fallen angels, if you will, uh, mm. demonic forces, if you will, that are actually influencing and controlling what goes on in these nations. The prince mm. of Persia, the prince of Greece, and the prince of the people of God, who is Michael the archangel, uh, is also contending here. So, you know, you've got people like, you know, and I'm not saying Elon Musk is the devil, but I'm saying that somebody like him, somebody with his persona, somebody with his money, somebody with his technology, his his shiny object to hold up in front of us and get our attention. These these people, the Bill Gateses and these type of people, it is not implausible to think that they are being controlled by spiritual entities, whether they realize it or not. Well, they because rose there are spiritual entities that influence governments that are hostile to the people of God. And if these people turn in a direction that is hostile towards the people of God, which very well could happen, uh, who's to say that they're not under the influence of negative spiritual forces? Well, they, I mean, they rose to power somehow. And when you look at the acceleration of, um, I just call the whole thing the technocracy since, you know, the industrial era. I mean, it, to me, it does blow your mind at how quickly they were able to build uh, an infrastructure and the infrastructure, the technological infrastructure that we're living under now. I mean, the fact that you can cr have a few men that can actually orchestrate the building of this infrastructure and have a bunch of worker bees, those would be the sheep, all of us. Yeah, I mean, really the 99% of folks that work within the system that are actually helping build what I look at as a technological prison planet around ourselves. I do find that to be fascinating. I've always said to people, they might be evil, but they are definitely genius or, um, you know, or they have help because I, I just find every day away, I, I look at people and I go, man, you're helping build this technological prison planet around yourself. And I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'm sitting here doing a podcast, beaming it up into the cloud. <laughs> I'm taking part in helping build this whole thing. I mean, it's really amazing. And we're kind of stuck in a trap because whether you're trying to uh, spread the word of God or whether you're trying to wake people up to what's going on here on earth you have to now use uh this sort of technological infrastructure to be able to reach people so you're sort of damned if you do damned if you don't you're stuck inside of this system i mean to me i look at the whole system really uh whether it's biblical or not but as a b system because we're kind of corralled into it and stuck in it unless you have the ability you know you have money you're independently wealthy and you can go buy 20 acres out in the middle of nowhere and just turn off the TV and the internet and never have to worry about anything again except tending to your goats and waiting for the system to come and kill you or whatever. Uh, most of us have to continue to work, you know, and make money inside the system. So I do find it fascinating that people like, 
you know, Musk and Bill Gates and others. I mean, and there's been many of these characters, obviously, throughout history, all of these industrialists that rise to power and are able to accomplish, or at least there's the appearance that they accomplish so much stuff in uh, one lifetime. You know, that's I do find that to be fascinating. Well, I was witness to a conversation, this was a while back, that, um, you know, talked about the future Antichrist. Um, the term sea, S-E-A, like we, the other word for ocean, um, to the Jewish mind, they were not seafaring people. They weren't, they didn't go off in, in boats to travel across the world or anything like that. Um, now, some of their, um, you know, people who were contemporaneous to them at the time, the Philistines, the um, Sumerians, uh, and and the Phoenicians, those people did venture out to sea. And of course, you know, Paul was shipwrecked, so the Greeks were doing it, you know, and they had navies and things like that. But to the Jew, to the ancient Hebrew, the sea didn't represent a body of salt water. It represented chaos. It represented dark evil, malevolent things that would kill you and hurt you and, and, and destroy you. Uh, that's why at the end of Revelation, when John says, I saw no sea, when he talks about the new heavens and the new earth, there was no sea, um, meaning there was no chaos. doesn't mean that when we get to heaven, there won't be a beach. <laughs> you know, it's, mm. that's, that's not what John's trying to get across. He's trying to say that, that this sea that, that figures and, and you see it all through, um, you know, Old Testament and uh, Second Temple period writings where it's talking about, you know, the sea representing chaos, Leviathan, the beast that comes up out of the sea and all this. So when we see in Revelation, when the beast shows up, you know, the first beast comes out of the sea and the second beast comes out of the earth. And together they form this, this unit that's going to make people follow them or they're going to do away with them. And um, so this this chaos beast, this yeah, empire, the beast rises out of chaos. Be, yeah, the beast know, rises uh, out of chaos. A, oh, sorry. You know, I, I think that the two beasts represent, you know, anti-Christian government and anti-Christian religion. Uh, in whatever form that takes, it could be a government, it could be a technocracy. Um, you know, I have not heard any of the big technocrats for lack of a better term from bill gates down to musk to to you know kurt Schwal to any of these guys ever talk about uh religion in terms of belief i don't get i don't get i'm not judging their hearts because i don't know their hearts but i don't get from anything they say that they believe in god or that they believe in christ or that they believe in the scriptures uh i just don't hear that if, if that's what they believe they're not saying so so I see them drawing more attention to themselves. Uh, and I think, you know, from, you know, seeing some of Musk's interviews, like with Joe Rogan and with other people, he, he really seems kind of stuck on himself. He likes the attention. And I think they all do. Now, you know, is the techno technology that they're coming up with, is this technology leading people to God? Or is this technology leading people to them, the creators of it? And when you look at what they have created i mean it's it's it is wondrous in a lot of ways it's magnificent i mean when i think about you know having had surgery several years back i'm really glad we had advanced medical technology 
whoever thought up, you know, anesthesia, you know, was, was a good thing. That was good technology. And whoever, you know, figured out that, Hey, these guys need to wash their hands, you know, before they start cutting me open, uh, and, and sterilizing their tools. That's good technology and it benefits people. Um, now you could say that the technology we have today, the, the smartphones and the computers and, and all these things, they do benefit us in a lot of ways. But what's behind that? And I mean, you know, I mean, but listen to your, all your broadcasts. I mean, you have gone into this in so much depth. It's, it's mind boggling. Uh, and where this technology comes from. And most of it at its inception seems to be coming from someplace dark. Yeah. It's not like somebody said, Hey, I think I'll invent the smartphone so people will get closer to God as a result and we'll give God all the glory. Uh, you know, we, we can go back there. There's, there's Nazi beginnings to some of this stuff. And, uh, and just, and it's all based on headed towards control. It's headed yeah, towards control. And, you know, how, you know, that's not biblical. That's, that's not acknowledging God. That's moving you towards something that is antichrist. Now, is it the antichrist? I can't say, but it is antichrist. Well, I would definitely say, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff, if not the majority, at least of uh, modern technology, starts in very dark places. Like you said, <clears throat> a lot of this coming out of the Nazis, a lot of it coming out of our government. Uh, I, I don't think many people would argue, even on the right or left, that the government is necessarily your friend at this point. A couple things I just want to bring up because you mentioned it. First off, there's a guy named Dennis Bushnell who's been the 40-year chief scientist at NASA. Uh, this guy's a. I watched a speech he gave in 2018 in front of a group called FIRE. It was um, uh, a, a, like a futurist co uh, conference. And um, he had talked about what he calls human evolution of humans. And I've heard Elon Musk and others in this space grab hold of this. Uh, Dennis Bushnell actually credits Elon Musk for advancing the Neuralink brain chip, of which I showed here on the show. Musk is really just this marketing guy because a lot of the uh, stuff he's brought forward in the public relations campaign on Neuralink, a lot of this was done by uh, DARPA through the brain initiative, you know, years ago, like Musk showed the monkey mind pong uh, experiment he did a couple of years ago. Well, there's videos of that being done almost 20 years ago coming out of DARPA. So he's more of this runs these adoption campaigns and brings it out into the consumer space. But this guy calls it human evolution of humans. And he actually laughs about a three-year-old and a five-year-old playing on a playground, and instead of talking to each other, they're texting back and forth. And he says, ah this is just the human evolution of humans. And that's a lot of what Kurzweil talks about as well, this idea that humans are going to grab hold of their evolution because they're sick of waiting for a natural evolution to take place. Also, Peter Thiel, which I believe is one of the most dangerous transhumanist uh, technocrats alive today, at least uh, a front-facing puppet similar to a Musk. He's got his hands in... Agree 100%. Yeah, he's got his hands in pretty much everything, this guy. I, I, I mean, I'm working on another expose. I already did six shows on him. I've got another six more I'm planning of all these other companies I found. Now, he's openly said on a panel that transhumanism and Christianity are basically the same thing. He said uh, there's only yeah. small metaphysical differences because God offers you eternal life in heaven. 
transhumanists, we offer eternal life right here, immortality. And so all these guys, as you know, Jeff Bezos, Peter Thiel, the rest of them, they're all involved with seeking out immortality. The other piece that's big in this thing is a lot of these guys, including Peter Thiel, uh, even Steve Bannon. I know some people will be upset about this, but Steve Bannon, you can go look behind him. I haven't done a series of shows on him yet, but I will. Um, they are funding a lot of what we look at as independent podcasters and influencers. There's a ton of them out there that are actually funded by these guys. And a lot of the podcasts that grow out of Joe Rogan's show uh, are all pushing people towards this idea of this new age spirituality. And along with this comes, uh, and we've talked about this, I think, uh, on the show that you were on, because I did the series on the government-made uh, psilocybin mushrooms and the government made ketamine and all right. this stuff that's being rolled out of which Peter Thiel is heavily invested in as well as many of the other billionaires they're actually tying the psychedelics now into messing with like the EEG signals in your head and this all also has to do with the virtual reality and augmented reality stuff they're building but um they're pushing people towards, and I won't mention any names of individual podcasters, but they have huge audiences, towards this idea that you are God. You are a God, and with the psychedelics and with the metaverse and entering the metaverse through a brain chip or through AR glasses, that you could basically fulfill your destiny as a god it's this new age stuff well to me that comes right from levian satanism of worshiping yourself as a god so you have all these different pieces human evolution of humans uh immortality being offered by the technocrats is the same as christianity this new age worship of yourself as a god and then you talked there about uh briefly with technology and modern technology with medicine and everything else I agree with this. I also tend to agree with uh, someone I've been covering the last several shows. Whether he is the one who wrote this or not, I'm not sure. I've made that clear. But uh, Theodore Kaczynski, the Unabomber in Industrial Society and its Future, really does make the case. Uh, and, I, and I've said to the audience, I'm not agreeing with going out and sending mail bombs to people. But he makes the case that you cannot separate the good and the bad of technology because history is really proven that technology always moves in the direction of destroying human freedom and eventually humanity. And we could see that alive and well today. And people will say to me, um, I say, name one technology that hasn't progressed to adding to the pain and suffering of humanity today. So someone brought up a telephone. I said, well, the telephone brought us all the way to where we are with the smart devices. So it's very difficult to separate these things. Uh, you would, to me, because we're going to have to live in this world, this technocratic system, and for people like me, they want to escape it as much as possible. I think you as an individual have to draw the line uh, where it's too much. Like, uh, are you going to use the smartphone? Maybe you only use it while you're working. You don't take it with you when you're out hiking. I mean, these are things I think people have to make personal choices on because you're obviously not going to have a world with no technology. Um, and you're also not going to, most people aren't going to go live out in the woods like a caveman either. So um, those are just a lot of things on the points you brought up that, that I wanted to mention because it's these guys do talk about the spiritual stuff, but not in any way recognizing the idea of God or Christ. In fact, many of the people that they were influenced by have gone out of their way in the last 20 years to be devout atheists and to go out and smear this idea of God or Christ. Well, up, up to a point in, in our, our history or our evolution, however you want to put it, you know, technology 
you know, helped conditions. It improved conditions. But the human always remained human. But like you said, coming from those technologies that you might look back and say, hey, that was a really great thing that they, they came up with. Now, from that, people have capitalized on those ideas and taken them a step farther and a step farther and a step farther to where now, rather than benefiting humanity, they want to change humanity. They want to make humanity. And that's exactly what happened um, back in Genesis chapter 6. You had God had created uh, the world. He had created humanity, uh, Adam and Eve, and uh, the, 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 they spoke with uh, you know, the, the being in the, uh, the garden. And you know, when I say the being, uh, most all translations in English say the serpent. I really don't think they were talking to a talking snake um, because the term that's used for the serpent can also mean can also be translated as the shining one, mm. and here you've got you've got someone who in um, in other prophecies they're talking about the devil, they're talking about Lucifer and and, and and all this, and that he was he was the most beautiful of the angels, but he wasn't content. He wanted to be he wanted to be God. And what what was the temptation of, of Adam and Eve? You know, they were don't eat of this tree. God said, don't eat of this tree. So Satan comes along and, and says, you know, well, you know, God didn't really mean that. Come on, did he really, what, what did he really mean here? And, and what, what's he doing? What's going on behind the scenes? It's not about eating an apple. What it is is he is throwing the temptation out there that, hey, you know what? You don't need God to be the creator, and you don't need God to be God. You can be like God. Just eat this fruit. He said, don't eat this fruit. You eat the fruit. You'll be like God. You know, what's wrong with mm. that? That's a great thing. And that's, that's exactly what's happening today. It's what's happened all the way down through the ages of history. Genesis 6, when you had the fallen angels, who the sons of God, who came down to, to Mount Hermon and married uh, human women and created this hybrid race of, of giants. Uh, these were people or beings that wanted their own people. They weren't content with the people God created. They wanted people to worship them. They wanted people that they created. Uh, it's it's mm. all about their creation versus God's creation. And, you know, you, you see this because, I mean, this is a, a problem, and we maybe talked about this, and it's so stopped me but um, before, but, um, you know, when the children of Israel left Egypt, the Exodus, they're moving into the Promised Land, and they get into the Promised Land, and there are uh, giant clans living there. We know that the spies saw them, uh, and some of the uh, when you get into the the language and stuff like that, there were giants living in what we call the promised land. And you had certain peoples when the children of Israel got ready to go up against them. God said, "You know, run them out, get them out of here, but you don't have to slaughter everybody." There were others that when God said, "Go in." He said, these people are dedicated to destruction. Kill them all. Man, woman, child, animals, everything. Why? Because they weren't human. They were the creation, a hybrid creation of evil beings with human women. And mm -hmm. so God said, kill them all. Get them out of here. These are not beings that are like you or, or were created like you. They, they come from evil. But this whole, this whole temptation from the garden 
going forward is to get you to, you don't need to have God as God. You don't need God telling you what to do. God is your creator. Come on, man. That's, that's, that's so old Testament. You know, you need to be God. You can be God. You know, like you Mm. said, take the pill, put the, put the headphones on, put the glasses on. You control your reality now. And, uh, that's a very tempting thing to people who don't worship God or who don't know God. Um, and so if you've got this void in your life, and I think, you know, ma'am, it was intended for man to know God and to live with God and to, to worship God. And to the degree that that is not there, there's this hole in their life. And they're trying to fill this hole with all kinds of things, you know, with drugs, with sex, with alcohol, with whatever, your, name your poison. They're trying to fill this hole with all these things, accumulation, you know, property, money, uh, but whatever the more of it they get, the bigger the hole gets. It never really closes up. So now they're coming up with even more ways, like with the psychedelic drugs, like with the virtual reality, like with the metaverse, um, to where now, hey, you can be God. You don't need God. You don't need, you don't need what those Christians are talking about out there. Forget that. You, know, you can be God. Just subscribe to the technology, and there you go. Uh, so, you know. The problem we have today is is a new problem that's just really a new take on a very old problem. Yeah, I think what I think the the where we're moving today, I think it's more dangerous because with modern technology, it can be done faster and a, at a larger scale. And then whether you're looking at it from the point of controllable programmable central bank digital currency or whether you're looking at at the point of promising people they could be god but you're really just trying to control them by loading them up on government-made psychedelics and plugging them into the matrix essentially you know it's just now they can do it a lot faster and on a grander scale Uh, this is why uh, and I'll just ask you this briefly but this is why I had brought up in this conversation with Dan Golbach about the idea of the Antichrist coming in the form of an artificial intelligence versus a man, like a flesh and blood, you know, man. Because they said, how does that man speak to the world in 200 different languages? Now, with technology, Dana, they've got earphones that are starting to come out now that you can literally have a conversation with someone in another language and it's translating it for you uh in real time, you know, through artificial intelligence, uh, they have the ability. I mean, these are with technologies that we're aware of. You know, we don't know what they have that they don't yeah. reveal to us. Although I do believe they reveal most of it. I think that's part of like revelation and methods. Like they show it to us, and then if we accept it, that's our own fault. Um, kind of like we're exercising our free will. So then there's technology with artificial intelligence. You know, deep fake digital twins where you literally could be watching someone on youtube that you think is a real person it just happened to fit your your like or whatever you're trying to find and it could not even be could not even be real so to me it's like if there is an antichrist that could come to you in the form of someone you're talking to in the metaverse or someone you're talking to over zoom or whatever i'm not saying today it could be 10 years from now 100 years from now maybe this isn't even the thing but that's how i see that it could actually come to you and speak to everyone at the same time and 
because of the way that artificial intelligence works and the digital footprint that they have on me, they have on you, they know everything about you. Like Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of uh, the World Economic Forum and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, says, we know more about you than you know about yourself. Uh, this is why he boldly states, you have no spirit, you have no soul, you have no free will. Those days are over. Because in their mind, they feel that they have cracked the code. They can hack you. They can mind control people on a mass scale right from your devices. I mean, I, I do believe they actually believe that because I don't think they would let that guy come forward and state that unless they truly believed it. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are there. If, if you think that ties into any of uh, the scripture you've studied or not. Well, I, I don't see that as being in the realm of impossibility, certainly, because, I mean, I look, you look back at, you know, like I said, what happened in, in Genesis 6, and that's really the book of Enoch is, is a big commentary on what happened in the first, you know, five verses of, of Genesis 6, where you had these uh, watchers, these, these fallen angels who made it with human women and created a hybrid race that was half supernatural being and half human, and they were giants. Uh, and, and God said to get rid of them. They're not of my creation. And so in a sense, is it that far fetched to think that an AI sort of thing and merging humans with machines, making a hybrid being, so to speak, is not the same thing as what happened way back when it's just, uh, you know, now, now it, it has batteries and electricity, you know, where it was before it didn't. Uh, but you've got uh, what's really the difference if you're hybridizing human beings, if you're making people that God created as human, no longer human. Now they're part human and they're part machine. And this is all being controlled by some AI being. I mean, you know, what's the, the, the devil in the machine uh, sort of thing? Um, yeah. You know, that I, I don't I don't rule anything out along those lines. Evil, evil will be what evil is and it will progress. Uh, to the point to where you get the final beasts that come out in in the book of Revelation, and uh, and and then the end will come when they're they're defeated and they're destroyed. But until they're defeated and they're destroyed, they're going to have their way down here. I mean, the, the Bible says that you know Satan is the god of this world, um, and that being the case, he's got a lot of people now. Is Elon Musk the Antichrist? No. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's got him on speed dial. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that, well, that's how I see it. Um, um, so that, that's what I was going to ask you. So if if Christ come, is born and end time starts, and like you said, we have no idea like what the timeline was, because at the time this was written, there was not a calendar in which we are familiar with today, right? So for them, a thousand years could be like dog years, you know, to us. A thousand years could yeah. be 10,000 years. We, we don't know that. But if, but if that was the timeline, so if you're running through a timeline of end times, then uh, what, what happens, uh, just for, for me, what happens at the end? Um, like what's the next well, stage? At the end, when the people of God look to have been wiped out, um, they're going to come, the, the forces of evil, the Antichrist, whether it's a system or a person or a government or, or whatever, is going to come against the people of God, and it's going to look like they're going to be completely wiped out. 
Uh, and at that point, whatever that point is, whether it's in our lifetime or whether it's a thousand years from now, uh, I don't know, not presuming to say, but whenever that takes place, uh, Jesus will return. And when Jesus returns, that will all be done away with. All evil will completely be eradicated. It will no longer exist. It will be in hell. It will be completely separated from God and his people for eternity. Um, when that takes place, how long God's let things go. I mean, this is one of the problems I have with the concept of the rapture. Now, all the rapture people out there are getting their pitchforks and their torches ready, I know. But I have this problem with rapture theology in that, you know, we, the church, who I think at this point in time in the West is probably the most ineffectual it's ever been. Uh, it's scattered all over the map. It's divided. Uh, it's divided about things that that really aren't that important. We're not divide. We're we're not dividing because we somebody disbelieves in the inspiration of Scripture or the virgin birth of Christ. We we divide up over things that are, the Bible's not dogmatic about, and we we have all this going on. So we've got this kind of bloated, lazy, half asleep, illiterate, biblically illiterate church. And we think that God's going to pull us out of the world when the going gets tough. 